Hello and welcome to Roll Out the Barrel, the show hosted by two UK fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I'm Sean. You can find me on Twitter at Haders Hair. And uh, with me as ever is my buddy and sidekick, Mr. At UK Brewcrew himself, Mark Lewis. How are you, Mark? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a, an interesting couple of weeks. Um, weather's getting better. Garden seems to be sprouting lots of stuff, so I've had to get out there a bit and uh, trim it down and, and make it a bit more sociable. So, uh, yeah, it's been all right. So, yeah, I've been getting out a lot more. Um, life is starting to feel a bit more rosy. And uh, obviously, our COVID situation over here seems to be easing a little bit, even if it is still a little bit of a distance. We we're, uh, we're able to get out and at least get to the pub now. Yeah, I mean, the problem is going to the pub in April in England is never never a good idea outside, is it? This is the no. problem. It's all, it's all outdoors at the moment. But, you know, when you just grab anything with two hands and say, I'll have it. I'll it's have minus it, yeah. two, but I want a pint of beer. Yeah, <laughs> I need it. So it's got to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, you're right, mate. It's good to see. And also, you know, great to see some of the fans back. And I know we we're going to talk with our special guest in a minute about this, but great to see a few fans back in the stands at the baseball as well. Yeah, I mean, I know it's only 25% capacity, isn't it? But it it sounds a lot louder, doesn't it? I'd almost forgotten what it was like to have fans in the stands, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite nice to hear when you, when you hear that that smack of the bat or, or the smack of the ball on the bat um, that there are fans there jeering everything that's happening. So, um, yeah, it is great to see, and hopefully, before long, uh, and fam will uh, will be full to the rafters again. Okay, without further ado, we're going to introduce today's really special guest. So it's somebody uh, who we both follow on Twitter and have done for a long time. He's a real major player in the Brewers Twitter family. He's always uh, a funny guy and someone to follow. Very knowledgeable about the Brewers and all things baseball. Let, let's just say he's the reptilian son of a, of a Brewers baseball <laughs> pitcher. Um, and he joins us. Uh, directly from the late Cretaceous period uh, today to talk with us. Uh, it's a real pleasure for us uh, on the UK Brew Crew pod to offer a very warm welcome to Brent Suter's actual Raptor. How are you, mate? Uh, hello, gentlemen. Yes, how are you? Good, good. Mates. Is that, is that mates. Good? <laughs> saying good. And uh, how's things over in... Are you in Green Bay? I, I am. I am. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty cold. It might be the same over in the UK right now, but it's... Uh, uh, it's it's pretty yeah, it's still pretty cold. We get some nice weather here and there still, but uh, we're still waiting for the one big snowstorm in April that we usually get. So we're gonna have a quick chat about the Brewers' season so far and um, some exciting things to talk about. What have your reflections been on the season so far? Uh, I guess for me, I just I I forgot what fun was, what what joy was of feeling emotions. That was. Over the last year, that was that was fun to bring back of just uh, especially, I guess, the, this past weekend series and then you know, the, the Cubs game last night. Uh, whenever this was released, we just, you know, it was it's just been fun watching this team. And I think that's what people kind of expected going into the season is that this team looked like they were going to have fun again uh, compared to, you know, 2020, which, you know, you can throw out the window. Uh, I mean, it was an actual season, but, you know, the roster didn't look fantastic. You could tell the dugout wasn't having a great time. And it's just a it's a 180 to me right now. It was sad to see Arcea go uh, so soon. But besides that, I feel like the Brewers are playing nice ball. I mean, I feel like their pickups have been working. So, you know, depth right now has made them like a much more fun team because of the depth pieces they've they've added this year. We've got lots of great stuff to talk about in, our, in terms of our pitching. And lots of great stuff to talk about in terms of our offense as well. 
it's no secret we had offensive issues uh, last year. This year, uh, and I made a comment um, uh, at the end of spring training that I thought we just looked ready. Um, people like they are alive at bat. We got Avi Garcia, who's lost loads of weight, and he just looks fit. He looks like he's ready to, to do battle. And we're starting to see that, that now, starting to see the offense uh, come to life again. Mark, what do you, uh, you make of our offense so far? I'm pleased it's better than it was last year. I'm still not 100% happy with it, though. We still seem to be a little bit sporadic with our with our um, bats at the moment. We seem to have good periods where we score lots of runs and then barren periods where we're not. So if we look at um, like last night's result with uh, with the Cubs, we scored all six runs in the sixth inning although we won 6-3. So, so it would be a bit nicer to spread it out a little bit. I think we're still getting caught, very much like last year, we're still getting caught with a lot of base runners at the moment. And I'd just like us to keep playing a bit more small ball and, and getting the base runners over over home play uh, a bit more regularly. But that being said, we're, we're playing much better baseball than we did the whole of last year and uh and we're, we're looking pretty good to be honest so yeah i'm happy with it but uh, it, it still needs a little bit more tweaking for sure uh, and john um on the offense there any any particular players of note that have, have caught your eye so far uh well i mean yeah i mean the shaw i mean is been spectacular i mean he's he's it's a very early in the season but He's he's definitely on pace for an all-star appearance. I mean, he won't get it. He I mean, he wouldn't he won't get a starter or you know over like Arenado or or anything like that. But he is he's starting with huge numbers. Uh, Garcia's showing power. Uh, Narvaez, every, those especially Garcia and Narvaez, who are two players after last year. Everyone talked about that they have to have bounce, bounce back seasons. And even if they're you know if they plateau at a certain point, it's still nice to see them improve from last year. Um, and then the fact that yeah, the, the, the things that Shaw's doing right now is incredible. Like for some reason, him and Yelich together just click so well. Like I, I honestly forgot how close they were. And then to lose him, you know, in the, the 2020 off season, then now he's back. There's just an added element, which is, which is strange that I never noticed that before, but it makes so much more sense now that I've seen pictures of them a couple of years ago together with their, each other's shirts on. And uh, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was yeah. just more of a morale thing for him. And especially since Shaw ended kind of at a, you know, wasn't the happiest with us as an organization, got to come back and, and earn a spot. And now he's playing amazing. Uh, I mean, then you see even McKinney, uh, like at what point can you sit him on the bench if he keeps smacking the ball every time he gets gets chances? So it's those little things have just come out of nowhere right away, honestly, where I thought it was going to take a month, you know, maybe a month or two to, to, to get in a rhythm. You, you hit on a great point there. You know, how do you measure chemistry between players? And that's what you've definitely got there. Two players sort of, playing for each other, as you say, swapping shirts, they're doing social media stuff together. You just can't underestimate the effect on a team of, you know, that spirit, the core, that camaraderie. And you're right, I mean, you're seeing it, aren't you? Major reason why a lot of people were so disappointed to see Orlando go, because in the dugout, he just looks like great fun. He's the guy to have around, he's keeping everyone's tail up. But yeah, that, that, that chemistry, you can't measure it, but it's so, so important to, to team performance. I mean, you mentioned Billy McKinney. Where's he come from this year? He's, he can't <laughs> stop hitting the ball. Um, he's, he, you know, as of this evening, and we're recording this just after we've, we've beaten the Cubs uh, at, at AmFam uh, in the first uh, 6-3, I think it was last night, guys. Um, yes, yep. Billy McKinney currently has an OPS plus of 330. And I know that stats go up and down really, you know, uh, this early in the season. The stats go up and down. But 330 
I want to keep saying that number because if I can be saying that <laughs> number in six months' time, he'll have had one hell of a season. Um, oh, sure. You know, an OPS of fifteen fifty six, crazy. Where's that come from? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's it's random years with players. Uh, it just it just really happens. I mean, you can. It, I don't think we'll ever see anything. I mean, who knows? But like the fact that something that Wade Midley did in two thousand eighteen was was absolutely insane. He's not been able to repeat it. It's just sometimes a certain year and a, a certain team. And uh, McKinley kind of almost got, technically he got a little bit lucky too. Uh, I mean, he's obviously shown it, but the fact that Kane, Yelich, uh, Bradley all have kind of had kind of minor tweaks early on and, and they're playing it safe because they have that outfield depth. Uh, the fact that Derek Fisher got hurt, he probably would have got a look before McKinney and, and they both had minor league deals. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah during spring training, there was a good chance that he could have just been cut. And, and now we're lucky that he, that he wasn't, uh, it was just, it, it's a little bit of luck, but you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I agree. I had not heard him before, you know, Stearns did his Stearns type signing. And then, <laughs> and then now we're here and everyone knows his name. Mark, when we and you picked our roster a couple of pods ago, you had McKinney, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I put him yeah. in. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was a toss-up because there was a lot of people that were batting well and it was kind of like I've got to put a name in there. But yeah, for me, he'd stuck out a little bit more. Um, I don't know whether it's just one of those names that sticks in your ma- memory a little bit more. I don't know. It's But uh, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's definitely done well. Um, you know, you just look at his numbers and he's he's performing in, in a backup role, isn't he? Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit weird, isn't it, that actually our, our backup players are actually performing probably as good as as our main stars so um you know that that basically gives us a bit of hope for the season you can't knock a guy for grabbing his opportunity with both hands and that's clearly what he's what he's doing at the moment and uh that that's really great to see you mentioned travis shaw i mean awesome start he's our rbi leader with, with 10 rbis uh eight hits three walks from his innings so far i, I tell you the, the goal to watch at bat and i think and it doesn't necessarily always end well for him but I wanted to give a bit of a shout out to Daniel Vogelback. We we love Daniel Vogelback. He's just mm-hmm. he's just the guy you want to go for a beer with, isn't he? He's the guy, you know, he just seems like a solid guy. But I've got to say, the one thing that always impresses me about him is his plate discipline. He knows when to swing at a pitch. He knows when to leave it well alone. And when you compare, there's there's quite mm-hmm. a few good batters out there that don't have that discipline though okay but we look at the stats he's only drawn three walks so so far this season but it's only days but i think he's really effective at taking pitches out there of the pitcher's arm and i think that's the kind of that's one of the skills sometimes that goes under the radar isn't it for sure i mean i yeah i'm a huge vogelbach person as well uh i've i love him since we we picked him up uh he's just a great addition to the team and again he adds that depth that that is needed. So, you know, last year at this point, that would have not happened where we were had a rotating, you know, first base. Now we Vogelbach is for sure a plug in that you can use. Again, it's the the depth that Stearns created this year that was great. I mean, with the Wong signing, he goes down, you immediately can move here at a second. And then, you know, you've got Vogelbach at first and then you have plate players like Robertson and and other people in Shaw who can kind of platoon around and, and be those infielders and it just works out. Yeah, at Vogelbach, it's it's hard not to pick him because I'm I'm super into DraftKings. I don't know if you guys can do sports gambling over there, uh, but I will. I am often plugging him in 
to my lineups because he's super cheap. And if he gets, if he, especially if he starts, you know, there's a good chance he's at least getting a, a walk, which is a couple yeah. points where, and, and he won't go over uh, very well. I mean, it's hard to say that now because he is a career very terrible hitter when you look at his averages. Uh, he's just been playing really well with the Brewers. Yeah, I think so. I, it's one of those things, isn't it? I think Milwaukee is one of those places that gets the best out of good players that possibly don't make it in big teams. They, they just seem to, to pick them up. I mean, you look at Travis Shaw. I mean, he came from the Boston Red Sox. You know, <laughs> you can't get a much bigger team, really. But he, he didn't really make an effect at, at Boston. Came to came to us and had two really, really good seasons. Obviously, had his little dip and has disappeared off to Toronto and come back again. But he, he's looking like Shaw of 2017-2018 again. I suppose the, the elephant in the room a little bit offensively at the moment is Keston. And obviously, CC is giving him a little bit of a break. He's giving him a couple of games off. What do you think we do with Keston, John? Do you think it's a case of pushing down the batting, maybe bring him in as a pinch hitter, give him, uh, maybe take the pressure off, uh, off off his batting a little bit? Yeah, I, I definitely like the move of, of moving him down for now. I mean, he's such a good hitter that it's it's, it's frustrating to watch. But as you guys you all have said, the you know it's still early in the season. He, he has time to work on it. It's just frustrating because when the offense wasn't producing, it was that he was also a glaring, very glaringly that he wasn't playing very well. Um, you know, hope, I mean, I saw a funny thing on Twitter when, you know, he hit that ball super hard and broke the pitcher's chain off. It was almost like maybe breaking a curse for him. Cause you know, he had a good, he had an okay game last night and, uh, you, you never know. I mean, yeah, he might start getting some days off just to work on mechanics and drop down in that order. But I think, yeah, that, that pressure off of him might, might really help, especially, you know, if you have players who can go up there, like throw up Kane, you do Kane, Yelich, you know, Garcia, Shaw, and then Hira. And then you can go from there. I feel like that's a lot less pressure where then you can throw a Bradley, you know, uh, Urias, uh, anybody else to kind of throw in there. Narvaez, where he's kind of surrounded by good hitters, but he doesn't have to be that person where last year, especially Yelich and Hero were basically thrown into the the spotlight. Uh, They were kind of forced that way where Yelich was, you know, he's definitely the, the future of the franchise but he's more of that like laid back, appreciate the game, grind it, love the fans, but just be out there being that person. And here I had to be the number two because Kane was gone. Braun was injured a bunch uh, and it, w- it was a weird season. So they had to be the mouthpieces of this team that ha- they'd never been before. I don't think. And, and you know, this is still going to be Hero's first major league full season with the Brewers. That's crazy. Like, it seems like he's been with us forever, but he was up and down in 2019 because uh, with Shaw getting hurt and coming back up and down, and and then he was so explosive, and then the shortened season. So we still haven't gotten a full season out of him for everyone to just you know flip out about how bad he is. Most fans do talk from a position of emotion, don't they? Uh, not rather than sitting down maybe and <laughs> sure. thinking about what they're about to post post on social media. I think it's just a frustration, isn't it? Because he's clearly a talented guy. There, but for some reason he's just struggling to switch it on. I think it's interesting what you say when you think about. You know, if we're batting Yelly at three, which seems to me to be the right place for him, we've got four or five names there that we can use to set that table for him with a high level of confidence. I mean, we've got Lokane back this year, which is awesome, and he's he's doing a job for us. Um, you mentioned Narvaez, Colton Wong when he's back from injury, DJ, Garcia. There's five names there which can set that table for Yelly every time. There's lots of criticism around Andy Haynes at the moment. These guys are employed for those little microscopic nuances that make a very, very good player a great player. And I think there's been a lot of unfair criticism uh, aimed at Andy Hayes. Do you agree? 
yes, yes and no. Uh, I believe, you know, I, I feel like the players really like him and they and they kind of have gone back and forth. Uh, I would like I'd like to see what's you know really happening. I feel like his his interviews during the off season were pretty solid uh, regarding what he thought and what happened and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's it's and it, it's newer to me to have fans like know who the hitting coach is and kind of like really target him. So that's a that's a definitely a weird thing. Like when you when you talk about people for emotion, I feel like there's a there's a way to do it without getting personal. And I feel like a lot of people still need to learn that. I mean, Facebook's a different animal that that needs to just disappear from the planet. Uh, but uh, even on Twitter, I mean, it does. It's it's run its yeah, course. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, oh, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. just a bunch of yeah, really older people just discovering what it's like to be on AOL Instant Messenger from the '90s. It's like a whole backwards <laughs> cycle of chat rooms and explanations and and weird stuff. But uh, but I feel like even on Twitter, when people get like me and like there's just like it's you know Andy Haynes is still a person he's still doing his job you know just like here as a person and I feel like you can tweet jokes or tweet things and being like hey let's move here or down or like let's do this but like there's so many people who can't figure out to just be like this guy sucks fire Haynes these like fire hashtags that are that are all over the place and you know it's not it's not without reason but you have to kind of take a step back and be like you know the guy owns his own Twitter he's probably human like all of us and sometimes, you know, put our name in or see our, what, what's going on. And uh, I'm sure that's not thing, but I, I'm on the fence. I would say, I mean, I feel like the results haven't been there for him, but then when you look back, 2019 was a pretty solid offensive year for the Brewers. I mean, they were a wild, they went to the wild card and without Yelich busting his kneecap, who knows what happens. Um, you just don't know. Like it's, 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 it's a really weird thing. I, I don't think the Brewers obviously had the pitching at that point developed, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very hard to answer that one. Cause I, I honestly don't have an answer either way. It's, it's serious. I'm serious. Like I, I could see them firing him, but also he's a human being and I don't know if he's doing anything that's hurting them unless he's focusing on launch angle or something else that's messing these hitters up. It's, you know what it's, Again, this is my opinion. I've got, I've got loads of them. <laughs> but um, it's easy to be a fan when your team are winning yeah. and doing well. When when the team are down, I, personally, I don't feel it helps to really get on their back. I don't see what the what the advantage is of that. With, uh, you know, 100,000 fans behind them, 50,000 fans behind them, giving them that positive energy. You know, for me, that's that's the way forward. I mean, I understand the sitting on the fence. I understand the don't know either way, because at the end of the day, it's a results industry like everything else. But I think when it gets a bit personal, it's uh, it's yeah. it, well, it's we're, not so good. We're, if you look at it, we're 10 games into a 162-game season. How can you possibly yeah, no. define a season <laughs> yet? <laughs> yeah, OK, we've had a couple of games where, where offensively we haven't looked our best, but then we've had a few games where we've actually looked all right. And, you know, it's it, it's silly to be calling for his head right this minute. You know, we, we've got to give it... I mean... At least till the All-Star break, at least, you know, we'll see what position we're in because we all know what, what happens. You have that week off and something changes in the team. We've had it before where we've been behind and after the All-Star break, we've been on fire. And then we've had it before where we've been on fire before the All-Star break and come back and absolutely crapped out. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, and especially because you look at, you know, say say if strikeouts start getting way worse and the offense dips again, obviously take a look and if we drop in the standings. But right now, you know, we're – the top of the central were one of the teams, I mean, between us and the Cardinals, I mean, unless the Reds can stay hot, but let's be honest, they've never completed yeah. a full season. I mean, until I see it, I can't mm. confirm it. Uh, so as long as we're competing with the Cardinals and you get, you know, you got like 
I mean, Garcia's got nine strikeouts already, but he's got seven RBIs and two, two home runs. Shaw's got seven strikeouts, but he's got two home runs, 10 RBIs. That's a lead leaguing RBIs right now. I mean, yep. you know, Bradley Jr.'s got 11. Hero's 13, obviously. Urias, 10. These are not amazing stats to start with, but I guess it just happens. If it continues, then you've got a real problem. Uh, but you also have career hitters who do that. Shaw has struck out a lot in his career. Uh, Bradley Jr. is a cane type. He's going to be a career 230, 250 hitter. That's yeah. that's what you got him for. You got him for his defense. Uh, Urias, I don't know. The, the book is still out. I just hope he can be the player that they want him to be. Last night was a huge hit, obviously, that he needed uh, badly. So we'll see. But like you like you all have been saying, it's way too early in the season to, to really have any conclusions. It, it, Haynes, maybe maybe we talk about it at the All-Star break if Haynes is the real issue. It, it's quite funny, isn't it? As you say, we're 10 games in and we're, you know, but I think with such a long spring training as well, it feels like the season's three months old already, doesn't it? <laughs> um, right, because, yeah, yeah, we had yeah. a full, yeah, we had a full spring yeah. without it stopping. That's That makes a huge difference. It's just... Yeah, of course. But, yeah, I mean, look, you know, we're 600 season, 10 games in. We've got 70 total hits, 44 runs, you know, 116 total bases. They're not bad numbers. Okay, so, I mean, offensively, personally, I think it's a really exciting time to be a Bruce fan. We've got, you know, we'll talk about the pitching now and, and, and our defence, but we've got some, you know, when I see that team lineup, it's seldom that I feel disappointed. I, I always think this team can win. I feel, at the moment, I feel excited for every game. You know, I think we're going to compete in every game. And that's a great place to be as a fan, yeah? For sure. No, I, I absolutely agree. It's a, it's fun to have baseball again. It's, it's hard not to be excited right now. I'm a, I'm one of those people that kind of transitioned to watching every single game uh, about a two years ago. I've, I've always been a fan, but uh, with, you know, the last three or four years, uh, I think kind of like 2018 was my big transition kind of into sports Twitter and getting into that. And then I just kind of started watching every game because, you know, uh, so I've been a baseball fan my whole life, but yeah, and a Brewer fan. But like watching every game has been like a recent thing for me, and so it's it's fun again just to turn on it every night. Is is knowing that there's most likely going to be a baseball game tonight is is an exciting feeling. Totally agree with that. Okay, so let's move on to the pitching. I mean, where do we start with that with this rotation of ours? Um, there's we've got five guys there that have all made two starts now uh, into the season. The word astonishing does get used too often but i that's the word i would use at the moment for our rotation so far mark what have you made of it um to be honest we were we were expecting it to be good and it has been good hasn't it very few runs given up a lot of uh, no hits going into four or five innings and and you know it's it's a nice reassuring change when particularly when we're not maybe scoring as many as we would like to know that actually we're not going to give away runs um and it's it's always a good thing to do isn't it and, and we talk about this with the premier league you know you sort your defense out and you're not conceding you're you're likely to to be able to to compete so um yeah i think the rotation's looking pretty solid um we knew that burns um and woodruff were going to be good so we know anderson's a different mm-hmm. different kind of pitcher but he's yeah. looked fairly good and, and Freddie Peralta coming in and, and looking at how he has. I mean, you know, there were there were times last year where we thought he might be this player that he is currently, and and he kind of faltered a little bit. But at the moment, he looks electric, doesn't he? And and you know, long may it continue. And then of course you got Hauser as well, who's been been solid as well. You know, all five of them. Are just you know, I, I'm happy that all five of them are starting. <laughs> and that's keys. I think we all and uh, get your take on it, John, but. 
we, we all know that Woody and Corbyn, I know Corbyn a couple of years ago had a very indifferent season, but at the moment we expect Woody and Corbyn to go out there and just deliver. We're just, we're spoiled with those two. They are two great arms in, <laughs> in the, in the rotation. Freddie last year, you know, we were all, I know that every Brewers fan, he really wants him in the rotation. And, and Anderson, you know what you get with Anderson. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's a ground ball pitcher and that's just what he does. But John, what do you make of the way that the, um, the rest of the rotation has supported Woody and Corbyn? Uh, I'm I'm very happily surprised uh, so far. I, I wasn't sure, obviously. I, I honestly have been surprised the fact that our pitching, our starting pitching, has been like our support, you know, support right now, and our bullpen, our middle bullpen, has been our weakness, which I honestly did not see coming. Uh, you know, obviously we have lots of time, but I really thought the bullpen was going to be like as soon as you get to the sixth inning, boom, you won the game. Uh, and I feel like that's not been the case. It's been the starters who have really taken control of the game. And then, you know, the bullpen has kind of floundered and depending on who's available. And then um, not a lot, a whole lot of situations for Hader and Williams. I mean, Williams, I'm I'm sure he'll figure it out. Uh, but Hader's looked amazing. And yeah. my God, the the sliders from Peralta last night was something I have not seen in a long time. I was I was baffled. I, I, I will have to say another podcast before, like during this summer, or off season, I was saying Peralta should be like our new setup closer, and I am a wrong dum dum because that man is a starting pitcher, uh, and I just had not given enough appreciation for that slider. That thing was beautiful last night, and that with that, and then the the way he attacked the fastball against Baez was just like I oh I'd rather be watching that than like at a strip club. That is beautiful. Like that is just that was just gorgeous. Like he was just like staring it down. And then fastball, swing and miss, swing and miss. Swing, like that, I'm like, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing right now. Like I was so, oh, well, I'm so happy for Peralta. Um, if Anderson, I mean, if Anderson and Hauser can keep that going, it's it's going to be nice. I feel like our, our big major, that is at this point around the all-star break, I bet our pickup will be a middle relief or another number five pitcher that can be plugged in. I feel like that's what they're going to lean in and maybe another bench bat. Uh, but we are, but we have depth right now. So who knows? Freddie's leading with 24 Ks so far. In, it's okay. He's played three games. He came in relief as well, didn't he, early in the year? But um, yeah. And, and you know what? I love watching Javi Baez back because he swings at almost everything. Slider, high fastball. He's going to go for it. You know, when we offered Freddie that three-year um, contract, was it last year? I think it was. That was because we wanted him on the rotation. I don't think I don't feel that contract was there. I thought it was five. Yeah, was it five years? Sorry, was it five, three million, three million a year, four, five years, or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, that's where I'm getting me three from. But that was I don't I didn't I never felt that that was a ballpen type contract for me. That was we want him in that rotation. So to see him doing what he's doing so far this year, refreshing, exciting. He's a young pitcher. Just we've got some. Hopefully some real um, some real good years ahead with him. But yeah, 24, 24 strikeouts from his, his three games played so far. Just looking, again, a bit like the offense, looking fit and hungry. I think that rotation of ours is genuinely frightening teams at the moment. A, a, a friend of mine is a, is a Cubs fan. <laughs> you have to laugh. A friend of mine is a Cubs fan. We're playing them tonight, and it's like, yeah, well, you had Freddie last night, and you got you got Woody tonight, and, and you got Corbin tomorrow. <laughs> He's already resigned to the fact that we're going to sweep them. You know that that's the effect that our our rotation is having on on the on people at the moment. I'm not used to that at all, so it's very weird. It's like it's hard for me to accept that still. 
you know, especially if it goes to the all-star break and we have the best one, two punch in baseball. I mean, we should, but I'm still going to be like, when did that happen? When did the Brewers have two homegrown pitchers that just emerged and completely decimated teams? Like it's, I feel like it's been forever that we didn't even, even overpay or didn't have a team behind. And so it's crazy. And I think a good point you raise as well there, John, about the main style of our pitching, our, our pen. And you know what? A lot of people we talk to, certainly within the UK baseball community, they, they'd say that, you know, that, that pen at Milwaukee's dirty. It's it's excellent. And what we had last year as well with Devin Williams being just as awesome as he was, it, it scared people. Early, you know, early on this year, we've, as you say, we've ch- that's changed around a little bit. We've had extremely strong starts which has been superb and then we've gone into the pen and on a couple of occasions um it hasn't quite worked out now eric yardley who as i say he started the most games for us last year i think it was 34 out of the 60 uh sorry not started he appeared in 34 of the 60 has been sent down for a bit of a, a bit of a break was clearly struggling a little bit in his uh, in his appearances so far for sure yeah i wrote an article about him having a breakout year so Great. Good job. Good job, John. Eric Yardley. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) Great. No, but yeah, I think we just gotta, we gotta figure out that, uh, those middle relief innings. I mean, we've got, you know, Jordan Zimmerman, we've got Boxberger, we've got Suter, we've got Fireheisen and it'll figure itself out. It's just that right now it's hard to find those pieces to go in there. I think just because it's still council kind of, uh, uh, adjusting to the three battery rule, uh, which, which should be, just be called the council rule because MLB didn't like yeah. that the Brewers were winning this much like that. Uh, yeah. So when you, when you don't have Alex Claudio, you got to redo your uh, your strategy uh, and kind of kind of have to keep playing on how, what pitcher right now can face three batters pretty solid. So it's definitely a little going to be in a little adjustment and they'll figure it out. It's just going to who who you can find to 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 get there. Yeah, we we've yeah. definitely got the 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 bullpen there that can do something it's just which ones are firing at the right time and uh, as I say Yardley had a good season last year and we were hoping that he'd continue yeah, it this yeah. year and yeah. and it hasn't quite worked out at the moment so yeah a little bit of a, a step back and uh, you know we'll bring in to be bringing Padermo in place of him didn't we so we'll we'll get yeah. to see what he's like but yeah I mean there there are so many good names in that bullpen that that something will work itself out and, and we'll get through. And and well, obviously our, our friend who uh, who we interviewed not so long ago um, has made the most the most appearances from the bullpen at the moment and seems to be doing a sterling job. Old uh, Mr. Fire Eyes and you know and yep. he's just gone above all expectations so far this year, hasn't he? Right. And, and well, and the fact that we traded Arcia for two more bullpen arms. So I yeah. mean, th- th- we we were going to have enough options to to send people down and kind of back up this year, uh, kind of to, to rotate all that. So uh, in, in essence, that might end up being a great trade or a, almost a pre all star break trade, because really the Brewers aren't going to want to give up many prospects near uh, the the trade deadline. You never know. I mean, we we could give up someone like uh you know someone in our infield or something for another pitcher or somebody i don't know it you, again it's too early but uh we're, we're looking pretty good depth wise which is nice which a lot of teams i can't say that i mean uh the cubs bullpen clearly has issues uh the yeah. the, the the cardinals are going to be good but that outfield has some serious issues they're all young players who are unproven that's like if right now we had you know, Taylor and, and Ray and Mitchell out there. Like it's, it's fine, yeah. 
but that's not gonna that might not bring you a World Series. So totally with that. And to be honest, there's only been two arms really that have struggled a little bit. You know, we've had uh, Drew Rasmussen who looked I thought superb in spring training. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just, just just struggling to get to grips with things at the moment. But you know, these these guys don't become bad pitchers overnight. And and you're right, players will get sent down and come back up throughout the season. It's the way the season works. And of course, we've got to talk about your dad, Brent Suter. <laughs> he's given us just over six innings and only one earned and one walk. So he's been as solid as he as he usually is. Yes, for sure. No, I'm glad. It's it's uh it's there's no reason it should he- weigh heavily on me. But every time I am, I just want I just make want to make sure he does well. <laughs> just because I love <laughs> I uh I love him as a brewer. Uh, I mean, obviously with the Twitter, but that's not the most important thing. But you know, it's uh I especially the bounce back from last year's playoff game where he was kind of thrown into this impossible scenario and he basically had the worst outing of the last two to three years for him, which was unfortunate that it was a playoff game. And, uh, you know, the fact that he came out this year and was great and in great shape. And, uh, Tim Dillard had a great, um, who's now in the Brewers uh, TV crew. He had said a great thing that he said, I've never seen more of an athlete than Brett, Brent Suter. And you wouldn't look at it by looking at it. But now I'm noticing that like every promo or everything, I'm just like, that dude's ripped. He's athletic. He can dunk like he can. He's like a multi-sport athlete who is on the Brewers. And we're lucky enough to have like a Harvard grad athlete uh, who is also a good good for the community. And, and you know, I, I God, I hope we resign him for like a three year, 20 million dollar deal or something after this season. So we'll see. Probably that might be stretching a little bit too much, but I think somebody like him will deserve it, especially if he can keep an ERA under two, can be a starter for a bullpen day. And just a good person on the team. You, you, why would you ever want want someone like Suter to go to another team in the MLB? Uh, and you know what? We spoke earlier about the, the destructive influence of social media. But, you know, last year when, when Brent Suter had that incident and he felt like he let everyone down, that was the very, very best of social media for me. Just everyone, you know, getting around the guy. He kind of felt like he needed to apologize and... I'm not saying what you're apologizing for. You, you know, you, you're fantastic. You, you just keep doing what you're doing. You know, I feel the same with Josh Hader. Um, <laughs> but every take the man, I'm, sure. I'm like, you know, I, he's got to do well. And if Hader has a bad outing, the amount of people that think my account is Josh Hader's account, honestly, I'm not Josh Hader, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, why would he name his account Josh Hader's hair? I don't know yeah, why exactly. that would. <laughs> Why would he name that an account? Why would he? Why would he have an outdated logo on his hat uh, as his profile picture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Um, yeah, you mentioned JP Mark. We had we had the fortune to talk to him not long ago. He was a great bloke, real friendly guy to talk to, and um, just you know, excuse the pun, but he's on fire this year. He's been. It was great in spring training. Um, he he mm-hmm. gave us a little bit of what he could do towards the end of last season. Superb again so far. Every time he goes out there, Mark, I feel confident. Yeah, yeah, I say it's the, you said it the other night. The only downside the, this season so far is that he wasn't quite able to get that that save in the uh, Cubs. Was it the Cubs game? It was the Cubs when game. He came in, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he just couldn't quite get that third out, could he? And then uh, got swapped for um, was it Rasmussen in the end? Um, Boxberg, I think so. Or I know it's Boxberg, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Oh yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you know that that was the only kind of slight blemish, but it wasn't really a blemish. He didn't give away very much, did he? He just walked a couple of people, put himself under pressure, had a high pitch count, and it was the right thing to do, you know. But every other time he's come out, it's been absolutely lights out, hasn't he? No, he's you know? been he's looked amazing, especially when he gets that rest and that they really want to focus him on the ninth pit nine ninth inning like 
closer type is mm-hmm. great. He comes out with so much energy and he's just got it like locked down. Like I feel like he's like last year, he was almost worried sometimes to have those two innings where he has to be that guy to go over and over. Like you have to, Hey, I have to do 30 pitches. Let's do this. Instead of, you know, having to come in like last night, you could just, as soon as he came in, I think everyone knew it was over. Like it was just, yeah. Oh, he needs two outs. The yeah. Brewers are up by three. It's this, this thing's done. Like it's, you know, he's got it. Some early days, but a great start. We can't ask for anything more than to be over 500, I don't think, at the moment. As I say, every game I'm watching, offensively, I think we're waking up. Defensively, we've been superb. Just a, a little bit, uh, we spoke about the you know, the, the, the batting and the, and the pitching, but just a little mention about the fielding as well. Um, we spoke about Travis Shaw offensively looking great, but he's been superb at third base as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's looked great. Some of those snags that he gets are just just look nice because, I mean, especially when the announcers just go, oh, Travis Shaw with a pickup. Like, it's just it's nice yeah. to see. I'm so happy that these like redemption seasons that the Brewers needed, like they're all starting to happen. And even if they plateau, the fact that they started out great when the team needed it, when, you know, Yelich needs to get going and and Hira and and everyone Wong try to settling it in. I mean, these players stepping up have been amazing. The fact that Garcia and Shaw and Narvaez are our, our power hitters right now is so cool to see. It's it's wonderful. What have you made of Urias at short, sir, Mark? At shortstop. Um, it's one of those things I've got so used to Garcia being there that it, I've kind of suddenly thought, hang on a minute, Urias is there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just taken a little bit of getting used to. But um, to be honest, I mean, I'd. I've got faith in the guy. I think he's going to be a good player for us. I think as much as I didn't like to see RCA go, I think it was the right thing to do to get some value back from him after having a couple of good seasons. I mean, we know last year he was one of our more consistent players and we had to to trade in that value whilst we had it because there was no guarantee it was going to continue. So um, Urias, is, he's, he's young. He's, he's got this this year to prove what he can do and um you know i think now he's the number one shortstop i think he's gonna pick up and and get better and in the outfield as well i mean jbj we know he's a gold glover he he snaffled some great catches out there and low cane as well and with colton at second base down the center there we are just looking really really strong yeah, defensively we upgraded, which was perfect. Uh, I guess for Stearns to know that we, you know, we might have these ground ball pitchers and this better pitching staff that, you know, let's upgrade on defense. Our offense should be there, and it, and, and it'll happen. And you know, if these guys get on base, which they they should be able to, that's that's all we need. You know, if you know Kane can get a single or a hit, and or Wong can do that, and then you bring someone else up, and Yelich can hit a couple in in the two spot, and then you have Shaw, Garcia, and Hero right in a row. I mean, it's hard not to produce something or you should be honestly i mean in a real you know i ideal realistic world world that should what be happening so what do you think we can expect from the season i know we keep saying it's early doors but we spoke about so many positive things what's uh, what what do you think john uh, the season's going to bring for us what's your uh, what's your prediction oh it's hard just we're we're brewers are kind of right in a high train right now so it's 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 hard not to be kind of over optimistic i i'm still kind of in the wheelhouse that we we might we might fall the cardinals and hit a wild card spot uh but i i can see us getting the ncls again and just getting heartbroken by the dodgers or padres that's kind of what i've been feeling but uh you, you never know uh, I mean, the Padres are another injury away from, you know, maybe dropping down. The Dodgers are just incredible. So uh, even without Betts and Bellinger, they're still winning, which is not a good sign at all. They should. I mean, they can afford it. Uh, same with the Cardinals. So 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we're playoff bound. How we are, I don't know yet. Uh, it's going to be a tough in, in the National League with some of these teams, like the Nationals and Braves, and and to claim a the, the one wild card spot, but might be hard. But I think we'll be competing with the Cardinals the whole year. I'm I'm still confident. I'm you know we we've just played the Cardinals, and I think we did let the better sides out of the two um it's going to be between us and the cardinals to win the division I, i've got the uh, the home optimism at the moment that we're a better side and i think we're going to take the division so um like you say the reds haven't played a full season for quite a while so i can't see them being there at the, at the end of the season i mean they'll they'll give people a game obviously but it is between us and the Cardinals. I think we'll get we'll get the postseason, um, and and I fancy us to go well. I th- like John says, I think heartbreak again, but <laughs> I think we'll get I think we'll get there. So um, yeah, four four in a row. I think it'll be. Well, I'm just going to keep my uh, optimistic hat on. I still think we're going to win the Central of the League this year. I'm, I'm not expecting a wild card. I'm expecting us to to eclipse the cards and take the division. Uh, that's you know I've seen nothing yet which has changed. That was my opinion before the season started, and um, I've seen nothing to change my opinion at the moment. Um, ask me in 152 games time, and I might change my mind, but that's what I've got at the moment. And um, yeah, just just one other thing on, on the Brewers. I mean, how good were some of those uh, younger guys who played in uh, in spring training? Garrett Mitchell et al. John, just some fantastic performances from some of those younger players. Lots to be excited about. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say so now, but like this, the the Brewers 2024 team is going to be pretty good. Uh, we're going to have a lot of young players who are going to be able to come up. I mean, really, when you think about it, you're going to have um, probably Ashby up. You're going to have an Antonin Kelly. You're going to uh, Ethan Small. You're going to have Terang, Bryce Trang, Trang, and and Garrett Mitchell should all be up here at this point. Um, Tyrone Taylor, Tyrone Taylor should be. Um, Corey Ray could, could still make a huge breakout. So. That's a, a bunch of teams and a bunch of salary that then you can use to bring in a third baseman, a first baseman, and another pitcher, uh, another – I mean, but we've got a catcher, too, that's coming up. So I feel like we've got a lot of good players uh, that we can save a lot of money for and then bring in another couple superstars by the time that comes. Because, you know, when you look at it, Kane's done in two years. Garcia's done, done in two years. Bradley – I mean, I'm just looking at contracts, like – supposed contracts you know Wong's done in two years but then also in three to four years you're gonna have to pay Woodruff and Burns so that might be where your money goes so you could you could essentially in three years have giant contracts with you from Yelich Woods uh, Woodruff and Burns and then have a bunch of young people with some other pieces in there which is exciting to think about the fact that these young guys and prospects might all be up at that point you've excited you from spring training Mark excited me uh garrett mitchell was just awesome wasn't he and every time he went up up to bat i was just willing him to do something with the ball and and i just wanted to see his speed as well on the bases because quite widely touted that he was quick between uh between the bases and yeah what's it four seconds from base to base <laughs> it's unbelievable isn't it so yeah i'm really excited to see him um yeah you know, i'm really pleased that that some of the uh, the teams in front of us in the draft pick decided to not take the gamble with his diabetes, which he's managed perfectly well for three years through college. So there's no reason why it should be an issue. So, yeah, we 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 were in luck there, really. You know, to have somebody of his quality available at the 20th pick was was awesome. And uh, just before we leave baseball and talk a little bit about your, your comedy uh, career, John, um, targeting's back as well, which has to be good news. Yeah, yeah. Thank God all those people lost their minds to not be able to tailgate for a whole week. Thank God that was the talk for all of that time. 
Uh, but no, yeah, it's it's great. I, I love it. Uh, that's my favorite part. I mean, my I have a group of 10, 12 friends who um, obviously pre-pandemic would go to three to four games at least a year. I mean, we're all a little bit older now. We all got kids and families and all that stuff. So it's harder to get to a huge group together. But it would be a whole day thing. I mean, we'd start at one of my friend's uncle's bar. We'd take a shuttle or start tailgating three or four hours beforehand. You know, especially Saturday games, it's at, it's at six our time. So the game's done at 9, 9.30. You go to the parking lot. You wait for the traffic to leave. You just hang out. Then you sometimes go to the bar and get a little messier. But most times <laughs> you just, you know, are probably going to go home and because and, we're all so older. So there's no, you know, there's no such thing as 20-hour days anymore of, of drinking. But <laughs> Unless you want a two-day hangover. That's the only issue, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, two days. That's like, yeah. yeah. Just one thing we need you to clear up on targeting then, John. Is it cornhole or bags? uh i think it's been called both it's i think it's a universal term uh i call it bags that's how i've called it my whole life uh even the midwestern saying the bags you gotta you know say the a a little longer but that's how i've always called it but i think it's where you grow up and where i think it's mostly where you go to college in the states is what you call it uh because when you that's when you play a lot and you learn a lot so uh wherever you learned it at college is usually what everyone called it there is what you what you bring to like your friendships and, and parties. It's usually like whoever brings it gets to call it what it is. So house rules. Yeah, really. call, it, call it bags or you're not playing. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Okay, so that's the comments from, from at Brewers Raptor. Um, as you guys know out there, a big baseball fan, big, uh, big Brewers baseball fan. Let's switch tact a little bit now and talk to um, the Raptors alter ego, uh, John Egan, the comedian, <laughs> who you can find on Twitter at John Egan Comedy. So um, when you're not impersonating extinct uh, characters, John, you, uh, you're a stand-up comic on doing the Wisconsin stand-up scene. Tell us about what that's like. Sure. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole different beast and animal. Uh, I mean, I'm about 10 years in. I started relatively later than a lot. I, I, I did improv for a very long time, uh, improv comedy. And so I kind of got into stand up later in the game but yeah before covid hit i was i was doing pretty well there's usually three tiers of comedians usually you'll have a host and you'll have a feature and then the headliner uh, i basically hit that headliner area um uh, some feature work headliner area uh, around the midwest and so i was uh trying to be busy but also try to be home with with family and kind of balance that out uh pre covid but yeah it was basically like a full time second part time job kind of thing yeah, I mean, you, you've, you've worked with some, some big names in the comedies. I mean, Al Madrigal, Cole Canine, TJ Miller. These are names that people know. Just looking through your, your bio, you've, work, you've worked at lots and lots of different uh, venues, certainly around the, the, in the Wisconsin area. But the one thing that, that caught my attention was the Milwaukee Comedy Festival, which I know yes. you've been on three or four, four times now, I think. That's um, correct. How big is that? I mean, in the UK, we have the Edinburgh Fringe, which you may know about. You may have heard of that, maybe you yes, haven't, but that's sure. a big, big, uh, big comedy festival. Is the Milwaukee Comedy, comedy Festival sort of on a, on a kilter with that, do you think? Uh, it's, I guess it's, it's hard to compare, just because uh, over in the States, we have, we have so many. So really, uh, and it, it goes and varies. I would say Milwaukee Comedy Festival, by and large, is the best I've ever been to. And, and the people who run it are, are great people and, and have always taken care of me. Uh, but there's some really good comedy festivals all over the country, and it's all, it's all different things. I mean, 
uh, again, pre-COVID, it was great. I mean, they, what they would do is they had fe- like venues all over the place where like you would perform between 25 people to 100. And then, uh, yeah, the one year I got to open at Turner Hall, which is downtown where the Bucks play. Um, and that's that was 400 people. So that was a huge deal. And I got to open for uh, Michael Ian Black, which, you know, I'm not sure you're familiar. It's like the state and like Reno 911. He's been in a bunch of movies and TV shows and that sort of thing. So uh, that was a that was a huge deal to perform for 400 people at that point in my career was uh, was really awesome. Uh, so that was a big deal. So, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee yeah. on top is on top of my list for sure for, for the opportunities it awarded me. It's always struck me as a terrifying thing to do, you know, just to, to walk out there and there's 400 people with their arms folded saying, go on, they make me laugh. It must be, um, you know, OK, I'm sure once you did one or two, you got used to that. But you still get those pre gig uh, n- nerves. Uh, for gigs that big, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I've had a couple huge, huge amount of seats where it's it's nerve wracking. You're not sure how they're going to go into it. But you hope that especially gigs that big, that every single person there is there to see comedy. So really, they should be the, the opposite of of like you said, where they're their arms crossed or like make me laugh They're They paid money to laugh like that is their goal to come out. I mean, yeah. comedy clubs are way different where. They'll give a lot of free tickets away. They're there just to drink and have a good time, and they expect, you know, the laughter. But uh, it's like those – it's that switching gigs where it's it's a different perspective of, yeah, there's some people who are always going to be like that, but others who are there clearly for comedy who, who love comedy, which is kind of a merge to, like, true comedy fans are, are, are out there now. And I know – I mean, I've seen some of your work, and, um, you know, people talk about U.S. humor, U.K. humor being a little bit different, and maybe it is, but – but funny's funny, right? You know, generally. And obviously, a lot of your humor is observational. You're a married man. You've got children. I love hearing your stories about your kid and how he's affected your life and how you can't do the stuff you used to do and all that, all that really good stuff. But one thing you mentioned as well is obviously you have Irish heritage and Irish Catholic heritage. Yes. Um, same as me, actually. My father's Dublin and, and I'm, I have Catholic heritage as well. But the one thing that really made me smile was when you mentioned that um, each day for you is an attempt to contain the daily rage and guilt of being Irish (laughs) (laughs) for somebody with Irish heritage. It made me really smile. But um, is that sort of a big influence on your work? I guess in the way it shaped my humor, I mean, you know, it's it's hard because like when you say those things, you know, like marriage, kids, religion, uh, in essence, those are those are half concepts. But the, the truth about comedy is, is how you relate to people. So, you know, if you, if you go to like the toxic part of, of Brewer's Twitter or social media, I'll never be able to convince those eight people who hate me that I'm funny. And that like, if you saw me, you'd really enjoy me. Uh, it, it comes down to relatability. Like it, people want to relate. They want to laugh at what they think of and do that. So like some people could say those things are overdone and hack, but if you are like authentic about it and you make actual jokes People are going to laugh. It, it's it, it's just what's going to happen. So I, I feel like my humor of like my anger, sarcasm type observation stelly, storytelling comes from obviously being Irish Catholic. And, um, you know, I, I do have some Catholic roots. And it, it, again, it's the way you come about it. So, you know, as long as you're not attacking a religion, you're just talking the, your observation of your experience that someone else might relate to. I think that's a big difference. Like we said with the players, if you're not attacking them, if you're creating a joke with them as part of the punchline, it works. But if you're just attacking them to attack them, that doesn't work. That's not funny. That's There's nothing joyful or entertaining about that. 
I'm sorry to get so serious about comedy with you guys. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> for me, it's a whole new insight because I'm just not funny and I do accountancy for a day job. And, you know, don't put yourself down. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure oh, I've yeah. liked both of your tweets before. So I'm sure you've said something funny because I'll yeah, I don't give I just don't give them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah, be honest, yeah. I don't try to be funny. That's that's the uh, the irony of it. It's understated British humour, mate. That's what that's what Pretty you excel much, yeah. at every I, every just, time, mate. I'm just the average David Brent. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we I mean yeah. we've oh, um, no. obviously COVID obviously had a big effect on your on uh, on things. Any signs of you playing gigs again in the near future? Yeah, uh, I mean I'm uh, I'm actually getting my second dose this week, so I have kind of started sending they call the veils in comedy so basically there's there's all kinds of people and bookers and clubs that you basically just send you know dozens of dates to and then if it fits in their lineup or something comes up you get into so i just started doing that my plan is hopefully to do a gig a month um you know starting in summer that would be nice i mean people want to do some outdoor shows uh but also i've been away from a year and a lot of other comics have too so it's like kind of melding this community of people who kind of kept doing it during COVID and then everyone's starting to come back and trying to get things rolling again. And, and you also want to work with the right people and, and be with the right stuff. So, uh, you know, this huge, there was this huge community of bar shows and indie shows of like in, in coffee shops and, and, and these random bars in these small towns that have to come back and they have to like, you know, mm-hmm. bar owners have to recover and, and do all that stuff. So it's, it'll be a slow process. I, I really want to get back into it. I, I miss it a, a ton, especially after the, the one year point, but yeah, I'm, I just have to see how it goes. You know, I, I technically got offered a weekend, but I wasn't available because it's my son's birthday. And so that, that would have not flown for me to, to skip that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it, it'll come. And, and I just know that now I can relax a bit and just know that the, it'll come. It's what I enjoy doing. You know, there's, I've been doing it for 10 years, you know, I can, I can get back into it. And in the meantime, I can, you know, make fun of Cubs fans every day and get some laughs and, you know, I can write articles and, and do other things. And so it's, it, it was a, it was a weird perspective to kind of put on the brakes, but then learn how to do other stuff. Cause it, it's hard. Cause it's, I can't do anything from my Raptor account really into my routine, but it's a daily thing for me to write jokes because really it's one me once an hour or two hours trying to post a joke or a gif or a meme or something out there to get content out there to get some likes and generation and, yeah. and to get that reaction. It's the closest to an audience I'll get, uh, which is not the same thing at all, um, which I feel like the, the comedy industry is not getting yet that likes on Instagram doesn't mean that that person can do 45 minutes of material on stage in, in, in front of a live audience. I would imagine that's a completely different, uh, different proposition. Yes, but, uh, for sure. Well, so we, 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 we love your tweets, mate. You always make us laugh, anyway. And uh, the, yeah, your sort of um, your support of Cubs fans is always well noted. So that's best. <laughs> <to say. laughs> I've actually um, started to to started to follow a few more of, of, of like people we interact with. Like if they have fun back, I'll follow them, or you know, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll send it back just to talk trash and, and have fun because. When it's fun, it's fun. I mean, like last night was crazy in eight different ways uh, between Cubs and Brewers fans. Um, but because, uh, I mean, it went all over the place with politics and their team and the nightmare that's going on with their some of their players' families. But uh, yeah. it's it, it became a whole different thing last night of just craziness. And, and those interactions of rivals is just makes the game so much more fun is to just talk trash and 
yell at each other. And I will never not laugh at when the Brewers lose or the Brewers win. And you go to the opposing teams, the losing team's Twitter, official Twitter account, and they do the final. And it's just meme after meme after meme after gif after <laughs> insult. And it's just so funny. It's just so funny. Like you'll never see. There's like there's 16 year olds who can make a multicolored gif of a player that just got a hit and they'll make it within 10 minutes and then everyone can share it and save it. Like there's just talented people out there that can, that can make you laugh. I guess with, with sort of the COVID break, you've, you've had more time. Have you, have you been using that time to write more material to try and get, get ready for, for when you can go back out on stage or, or do you find that your writing happens because of life? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've written down pieces throughout the year. Uh, it, it's a, it's a debate of, I, it's more of like an internal comic thing where I feel like there's going to be a set of comedians who never want to talk about COVID and want to move on with their jokes. But there's a huge part of me that it's going to be impossible not to talk about it because like everyone went through this insane process the the, net the last year. And to just move on from that and just start talking about missing socks seems so stupid in a, <laughs> in a, in a way <laughs> to be like, eh, my wife, eh, like she – Took the fork upside down. It's like, who gives a shit? We all just were indoors for a year, <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah, and and people we knew died. Let's. How about we focus on the funny parts of what we just all experienced together, uh, and and go from there. Like, I have some new material that I I do, but my material really comes from being on stage. So until I start doing more open mic, more more stuff again, where I'm on stage presenting jokes to people, I won't have new material until I I really start doing it again. Uh, and it'll be a while till we get there again, but. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Excellent insights into uh, the life of a stand-up comedian. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for that, John. So we're going to wrap up the pod there. Um, we're mindful that we've uh, we've taken far too much of your time up uh, wrap for today. <laughs> thanks for thanks for talking with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. So I do I need to tell you guys, but you know where you can find John on Twitter um, at Brewers Raptor. Uh, you can find him at John Egan Comedy if you want to look at the, the stand-up side of, uh, of John's life. I'm sure you can find me on Twitter at Hayders Hair. You can find Mark at UK Brew Crew. And you can find the pod at UK Brew Crew Pod. <sighs> right, so now I've said all that. John, it's been a pleasure, sir. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, no, this was so nice to, to, yeah, to meet you all. This was, this was so fantastic. I think this is my first international podcast, so I'm, I'm thrilled. So for you guys out there, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. We do appreciate all the feedback, the support uh, that you guys give to these two English guys that try and talk about baseball. We love the game. We love the Brewers. And you know that's why we do this, because we just love talking with you guys. And we love the feedback that you give us. Until we see you again, or speak with you again, stay safe. Let's be careful out there. And go Brewers. Go Brewers. Woo!